I want to say welcome to uh, all of our campuses. Uh, it's our first uh, summer in, or first weekend in June, and uh, this really officially kicks off summer. I know last week did, but I know that in Minnesota, it seems like from Memorial Day to Labor Day, and it's now stretched until October 1st. It just kind of feels like we're like, summer is here, and we're all happy, and uh, we take advantage of all the outdoor activities, and I thank God for that. And I just want to tell you to use up your vacation. Uh, I just would encourage the church. Uh, you're not, you're not, it's not a badge of honor to say I never took vacation. If you've been given vacation by your employer, by all means, take it. And uh, I, I just want to encourage you, though, throughout the summer to stay faithful, to stay faithful. Enjoy the vacation and stay faithful. I want to give you something that I was awakened in the middle of the night um, this last week. We were on vacation and um, I just was awakened in the middle of the night. I mean, just so clear, like, bink, wide awake. And I just felt like the Lord wanted to tell me something. And I'll back up for just a moment. Before we went to bed that night, I, Beck and I just prayed. And we we're like, God, thank you. Thank you. We don't deserve what we have. And I mean, we pray that prayer often. Like, we can't believe the life that you'd allow, you've allowed us to live. And we thank you for the blessings. And we thank you for this journey. And then I, I kind of prayed this statement. I said, it's been an amazing ride, God. Thank you. We've just enjoyed this. What an amazing ride. And, you know, so I'm praying that in the middle of the night, I get awakened. And I felt God just so clearly say to me, enjoy the ride, but don't coast. Enjoy the ride, but don't coast. And then he just downloads to me vision for the church and, and different things that we're, we're dreaming about for the church. And he just, it was almost like, I'm, I'm so glad you're enjoying this. And yes, it's more than you ever imagined, but I have more and I want to download to you. And I, I want you to enjoy this ride and I don't want you to coast. And I would just tell you right now that lives are truly in the balance. There's no throwaway weekends at our church. And uh, man, it, let's, let's enjoy the rhythm that allows us to have vacation, but let's not have lazy summer days. Does that make sense? We're going to enjoy the rhythm of vacation and we're going to be gone on vacation. But when we're not in that rhythm there, we are going to jump right into our faithful responsibilities at church, realizing there's no throwaway. It's somebody's first day. It's somebody could be coming in, life hanging in the balance. And we need you to, to fulfill the purpose that God has created you for. And uh, I say, let's enjoy the ride, but let's never coast. Let's never coast. You're like, Pastor Rob, God is speaking to you vision while you're resting. Can he, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to go to whatever's next. Yes. Now we've extended this series one week and it's too important. I just felt like we've got to have a fully empowered church. And so we've extended this series. I want us to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've called this uh, series, The Unpredictable Holy Spirit. And, um, I would just remind you again, a little review. He is fully aligned with what God the Father wants to do. He is fully aligned, but he feels unpredictable to us because we love control. We love systems. We love to make goals and say, in one year, I'll do this. In three years, I'll do this. In five and 10, we have our plan. And how many know that when we make those plans, it's just like the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, that's really going to get messed up. You know, that's, that's changing. You know, it's, he's unpredictable, but he's so aligned and, and, we get a glimpse into the Holy Spirit, who he is. As Jesus is talking about this in John 3, 8, he says, the wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Like what the Holy Spirit is doing is more like the wind and you can't predict the wind. You know that it's there and it's, it's blowing this way, it's blowing that way and it's moving around, but it, it, there's something that's going on. 
And Jesus is saying there's an unpredictable uh, element to what the Spirit of God is doing, but we should be okay with that. And I want us to be saying, God, yes, we are okay with the unpredictable uh, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, you're able to blow us this way and to move us that way and to bump us into something that we never expected. Have your way in our life. Now, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. Uh, We've mentioned this in our church, and and, uh, I've shared it before. I did a whole series on called Greater Gifts. And uh, the, the gifts of the Spirit are for today. We believe the power of the Holy Spirit is for today. And um, they're mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I've just grouped them into three different groups. And again, the Greater Gifts series would be a place for you to get more on this. But there's the revelation gifts of wisdom, uh, knowledge, and discerning of spirits. There's the vocal gifts of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And there's the power gifts of faith, healing and miracles. And these gifts are for today. And the way they become uh, available to us is when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. When someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit, these gifts become available for the believer to function in. And these gifts are there. They are, like I said uh, two weeks ago, they are the plus for the purpose. Our purpose is to go into all the world and make disciples. Our purpose is to go into the world and let people know the good news of Jesus Christ, that he forgives them. And we're, we're on this mission for God to do this. And these gifts are the plus for the purpose. And as we have these gifts, they help us advance the, the church of Jesus Christ. They help us to have breakthroughs when we need them. They help us to be lifted up in the moments that we're discouraged. These gifts are powerful and they're for the church today. Now, last week, each of the campus pastors uh, preached on their personal experience with the Holy Spirit, and also they preached practical application. I didn't get a chance to hear all the campus pastors preach, but I'm sure they did a great job. And I pray that they increased your hunger for more, and it kind of gets us up to this spot of of where we are today. And I'm praying that as they shared that, their own experience, it it caused in you um, this series and their testimony causing you a desire that you want more, that you're just like, I want more. I need more of God. I need more of the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Our church is about doing something. We are on mission for God. I mean, if you're a church that just wants to have bingo on Wednesday, ice cream on Thursday, you know, and you just want to just chill and, 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 and quilting on Tuesday morning, you might not need the power of the Holy Spirit very much. But I'm going to tell you what, if you're going to try to raise up 500 missionaries and you're going to try to do 10 million a year in Kingdom Builders and you're going to have, try to have 2,600 churches in your network that you're helping reproduce what God's doing and you're going to try to set people free from the bondage of sin that they've been living in and help clean them up and move them forward and then just not have them be attenders but be disciples on mission for God. How many know we need the power of the Holy Spirit? We need the power. I mean... I love systems, I love websites, I love apps, but I need more than system and apps. I need the power of the Holy Spirit, and you do too. And all around the world, there's churches that are spirit-filled. You may hear different terms. We use all three of them. We say we're spirit-filled. You know, sometimes you might hear somebody say we're Pentecostal. Sometimes you might hear somebody say we're charismatic, okay? It just means that we believe the gifts are for today, that the church is spirit-filled, that's empowered, and it's moving forward. And all around the world, 
the spirit-filled church is accelerating. It's just growing and accelerating at, at a very fast rate. It's just growing all around. Right now, there's over 600 million people on planet Earth they would say that they are spirit-filled in the way that we know that. And when you see the growth that's happening exponentially in places like South Korea and India, different places in Africa, you'll see that the spirit-filled church is growing and accelerating. Even church denominations that don't embrace this, when their missionaries go around the world, they, they find that they are become spirit-filled and they start to function in these gifts and it helps them propel the mission of Jesus Christ even faster. So you see this. Um, I, I, I was doing research on this and found out that Morgan Freeman was doing a documentary on this and went into a, a spirit-filled Pentecostal church and said, I don't know what's going on here. I've not experienced this before, but I'm feeling something here. This is very legit. I, 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 you know, this is very real. Like, I feel like heaven is touching this place right now, okay? So here's somebody that is not experiencing it, just doing a regular documentary, and he's like, this is incredible. What I'm feeling right now feels really amazing. Matter of fact, I, there's been times where I've been watching American Idol, you know, back when it was really in its peak. And uh, some of my friends, their worship leaders, like our worship leaders, were on American Idol and they'd done singing and the judges would be like, I felt something there. I felt something there. And it wasn't just that their voice was good. There was the presence of the Holy Spirit that was behind the words that they were singing. There was a presence of God, an anointing on this person. Matter of fact, one of the winners of, of uh, American Idol one year was a worship leader from uh, Rick Bizet's church, you know, and Rick just did our, our church conference. So you see that happening. There's a, a presence of God there. Um, you may not know this, but the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, um, he's, he's a spirit-filled believer. Matter of fact, I've got a picture of him because he just did the royal wedding, okay? So he's the one that, uh, right there in the picture, that did the vows and was actually the official over. Now, he didn't do the sermon. And the guy that did the sermon rocked it, okay? But he didn't do the sermon, uh, but he did the vows. And Bishop, okay, he is the, the head bishop of the Church of England. And he says, yes, I am a spirit-filled believer, and this is a quote from him. In an interview, the interviewer says, I asked him whether he could speak in tongues, the charismatic gift recorded in the New Testament. Oh, yes, he says, almost as if he's been asked if he plays tennis. It's just, it's just a routine part of, a, of spiritual discipline. You choose to speak and you speak a language that you don't know. It just comes. And he just says, oh, yes, absolutely. And I've had a chance to meet him and I heard him speak. On, on being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I just thought it was so interesting. Here's this guy that is, is officiating that wedding in a, in a prominent, prominent position. And he says, it's just so natural. It's just so natural for the believer to go after this. And I'm praying that it would be natural for us as believers to go after this. Now, today I want to bring clarity to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, um, and I want to bring clarity to this because people say, didn't I get the Holy Spirit when I gave my life to Jesus? Wait a minute, there's more. What about water baptism? And I want to explain this as clearly as I can. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism in water, and baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you're keeping track of that, it was of, in, in. And I want to explain this. Three baptisms. In Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, the writer of Hebrews says this, so let us stop going over basic teachings about Christ again and again. 
Let's go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instructions about baptisms. Catch that, plural, baptisms, the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. He's saying it's plural. There's plural baptisms, right? Of Hebrew is saying, hey, and by the way, this is elementary stuff. And you're looking at that list and you're saying, this is elementary like, this is elementary. I don't even know all the answers for all this right here. And the writer of Hebrews is like, come on, let's go, church, let's go. Remember, I just, I just feel this challenge to the church right now. You were not called to just be an attender. You were called to be a disciple and to mature and to make a difference, to use your gifts for the glory of God and keep moving forward. And he's saying, come on, get out of elementary school and graduate, okay? And by the way, congratulations to all the graduates. We'll all be full of potato salad this month. All right. All right. But there's plural baptisms. Plural baptisms. And it's, it's just pointed out over and over again. And Robert Morris has a wonderful book called The God I Never Knew. We've taught that as a life group here. I'm going to use that as a resource. Robert has done an amazing job on this, explaining this. Um, but there's just different places where it talks about the three things that, um, well, I'll give you Acts 2, verses 38 and 39. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, everyone in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. Okay, another place. Some of you are like, this is new. This is a new understanding. And there's a, I'm trying to bring some great clarity to this. And the reason we're adding this weekend is because people were saying, wait, wait, wait. I, I still have questions about this. And I really felt led to teach this. First John 5, 7, and 8. For there are three that testified, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. It's really talking about the three baptisms in reverse order, the blood, the water, the spirit, okay? So let me explain this, and this is very much a teaching, and I feel like I have to teach our church on this, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, that's where it talks about the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all your unrighteousness, and the Holy Spirit, there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit where he brings you into the family of God, okay? The next one is the water baptism, and we're going to explain each of these in depth. Water baptism, where a believer baptizes you in water because you're showing that you have now been forgiven by the power of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit brought you into the family, and now you're being baptized in water to say, I want to die to the old way. I want to live to the new, and I'm now baptized in water. And then there's baptism in the Holy Spirit where Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit and, and lets you function in those gifts of the Spirit. So first off, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. So he says, we are all baptized by one spirit. By refers to the doing, and who's doing the baptizing? The spirit. The spirit, all right? At Apple Valley Campus, they're all like, fill in the blank. And I think, I hope somebody spoke out at one of the other campuses. All right, all right. But the one that is, like, all right, I'm with you. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit is doing this. The Holy Spirit 
drew you in. The Holy Spirit regenerates you. You become a member of the body of Christ. Some would say you're part of the family of God. You say, I've become a Christian. I become a Christ follower. I become a forgiven child of God. The Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ Jesus. So it's a baptism of the Holy Spirit into Christ Jesus, all right? So you're getting this, and what happens is Jesus, you would say, Jesus is in my heart. Jesus is in my, he's forgiven me. Jesus is in me. Matter of fact, how many know when you teach kids this, like when you've asked Jesus to forgive you, Jesus is in your heart. And your kid might even look down like he's in there, you know? I remember my brother Ryan years ago, he's, he's older now, I mean, but years, when he was young, he understood that Jesus was in his heart and it was Thanksgiving dinner. And, and he looks at us, I think he was like, seven years old and maybe six. And he looks at everybody and he goes, guys, I am so full. Jesus is all covered up with food. <laughs> okay. But it's more than a physical residence. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. We stand before God. And what happens is the Holy Spirit takes what Jesus Christ did on the cross and he takes that, and, and you are now in Christ. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit brings you into forgiveness. That's what's happening, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. He puts the righteousness of Christ on you, and you stand before God, not in your own righteousness, but in the righteousness of Christ, and you are forgiven, and that's an amazing, beautiful thing. Okay, and then when that has happened, when you've been forgiven, you say, I want to be baptized in water. I want to be baptized in water. Who does water baptism? A believer does, a human being, somebody. It doesn't have to be the pastor, by the way. We have our pastors doing it. Sometimes we have our kids' pastors doing it, other pastors. Um, some parents have asked us to do this, and I probably opened up a whole new thing here, but they say, like, I'd love to do this and be able to, okay? It, it could be anyone could do it. All right, a believer baptizes someone in water and they're saying, hey, I used to live this way. So let me give you a couple of scriptures. Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'll give you another one. Romans 6, 4, when we were baptized, we died and were buried with Christ. We were baptized so that we would live a new life as Christ was raised to life by the glory of God the Father. So let me explain this. The water baptism, you'd say like, we were living this way and we were baptized. We were saying, I died to my old way of living and now I'm raised to life. And just like God raised Jesus from the dead, I'm saying, I'm dying to my old way and I'm living now in the power of Jesus Christ. And it's a public declaration to the whole world that the old me is dying and the new me is coming up. And you, you should want to be water baptized and have a public affirmation of what happened in the inside. People say, well, do I have to be water baptized? I don't want to be baptized. You should say, are you kidding me? I get this opportunity to share with my family and to share with my friends and to share that I got in on the first baptism, the Holy Spirit. I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit where I got Christ Jesus, the forgiveness. Now I want to let them know I'm going to be baptized in water and I'm letting all my friends and family know the old me is gone and I want to live for Jesus. I'm on mission for him now. I have purpose in my life and, and, and I'm going to trip and fall up, but guess what? The old me's dying and there's less of that guy and there's more of the new guy or lady walking forward. 
We should be excited about this. And, and you shouldn't say like, well, I, I, I'll, I'll just, I, I, I'm good enough. I mean, I, I'm okay. No, if you've not been water baptized, we encourage you to be water baptized to say, I have made that decision. I want to publicly proclaim this to the whole world, what has happened to me, because I have been forgiven of my sins. I've been brought into the family of God by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've been baptized in water now, and I'm saying Jesus did something in me. And I would say, if you'd go online, our, our, our campuses are having water baptism all summer long. We have them, you know, they're just rotating all the time. There's so many going on, so I can't even say, like, it's sign up for this day. Go online and be able to sign up for water baptism and invite as many people as you can. Invite as many people. You say, well, I feel kind of embarrassed. It's been a long time since you know, I gave my life to Jesus or I'm, you know. I can remember when we first started the church, it was like year two, we were doing water baptisms and Becca said to me, you know what? Um, I've never been baptized as a believer. I, my parents did it for me as a kid, but I feel like now that I've given my life to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, I know that I, I, I want to be baptized in water and make a public declaration, my own public declaration. And she's like, but I'm the pastor's wife of the church. And so I thought maybe you could just fill the tub and just kind of, <laughs> kind of grandfather me in, you know? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's a public declaration. She's like, yeah, but I'll, I'll look dumb in front of like, I'm the pastor's wife, you know? I'm like, it's okay. What a great example for everybody. So she was baptized with everybody, and she just said, you know what? This is for me, a, 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 a believer's baptism. I want to publicly declare what Jesus has done in me. And it was a joy to be able to have that moment, be able to have her water baptized, and that, make that public declaration. It's a spiritual thing that's happening there. Some of you think it's just a ritual. It's more than a ritual. It's a declaration. It's a declaration to the world, like, I have changed. I'm on this journey with Jesus. I'm not perfect, but that's the direction I'm going. I'm going towards him. And um, in the early church, in the early church, about 100 years after Jesus left this earth, the early church looked at baptism as such a spiritual thing that they would make people fast for two to three days before they'd be water baptized. They'd say, we, we know that Jesus has forgiven you of your sins, and now you're going to publicly profess this faith to everyone. And we want you to be fully aware of, of you are saying, I've decided to live for Jesus, no turning back. It's a public declaration. Could you fast for two to three days so that when that moment comes, you're ready, you're really ready. Now, we don't mandate that today, and, and people even say, like, do I have, yeah, you don't have to, but it's, I want you to understand Following Jesus in water baptism, it's the second baptism that is explained. We've got the baptism from the blood that the blood has forgiven us. We have the baptism in water, which says, I'm not living that way anymore. I'm living this way. And then we have this next one now, the third baptism, which would be the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is interesting. John, the forerunner before Jesus, John was sent, and we know him as John the Baptist, John the Baptist was sent to somebody to go and be in advance of Jesus and to let people know that the person coming behind him 
was going to be giving forgiveness and doing something in, in a greater way. And that he was the promised one. He was the forerunner saying, this is the one we've been waiting for. And, and he was saying, if you have been away from God and you've been living away from him, you need to repent and you need to be baptized. And he said, but I'm doing this baptism right now in water, but somebody else is coming after me that is greater than me. And he said, he's not going to baptize you in water. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And so John was saying, repent. There's, there's that first one. You're going to be water baptized, but there's another greater baptism. Let me read uh, several passages of scripture for you. Luke 3, 16. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John 1, And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man whom you see the Spirit come down on and remain is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And Robert Morris gave a, a beautiful paraphrase on this. He said, he said this about these verses. You've seen me immersing people in water, but I'm just a forerunner for a much greater one. Jesus, who will immerse reborn people in the fire of the Holy Spirit. And you think about this. In these scriptures, who's doing the baptizing? Let me help you out. It's Jesus. Jesus is the one that is baptizing. And what is he baptizing us into? Into the Holy Spirit. He's immersing us into the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, when we ask for forgiveness, brings us into the family of God. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we receive this forgiveness. Then we're water baptized in water. And then when we're following Jesus, there's another place where we say, Jesus, we want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We want to be immersed. We want the privilege that the prophet, priest, and king only had in the Old Testament just for a fleeting moment. See, because the Holy Spirit wasn't poured out until Pentecost. And so whenever the prophet needed to prophesy, the Holy Spirit would come upon them. They would prophesy, and then the Holy Spirit would go off of them. And so what John says, when you see the Holy Spirit descend and remain, the Holy Spirit's going to remain on Jesus. And when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us and we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's a remaining presence. There's a remaining power. You can flow in those gifts at any time, in any place. And it's not just a specific on, off, on, off. It's right there. The presence of God is right there. The power of the Holy Spirit is available for you to have those gifts functioning. I mean, the Old Testament followers of God would have been leaning in and just cheering for this. Like, are you kidding me? That power is available? I mean, you can imagine when a, when a prophet would prophesy and they'd be like, that was incredible. They have a word of knowledge. They'd be like, that, that was the spirit of God coming through me. They'd be just overwhelmed. They say, the, the New Testament believer has that opportunity to have this all the time. You need this power. You need this power. And it's okay if you've not heard about this. It's okay if you say, I didn't know that. All right, I want to show you. Some people say like, now, if you don't have all three, are you not really a Christian? All right, let me just be very clear. As soon as you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, and you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you are forgiven, and the Holy Spirit brings you into Christ, you're a Christian. Okay? You're a Christian. All right? 
then you're water baptized. All right? Some of you are like, I haven't been water baptized. Am I? If I, if I die tonight, am I, am I going? I mean, because I said yes to Jesus, but I haven't been water baptized. Okay? You're going to heaven. All right? But you do need to get water baptized to publicly profess your faith and to see what God can do and to say, I'm on this journey. And then the third one, again, you say, uh, so I'm, I'm saved. Okay, I'm saved. I'm forgiven. Uh, what if I don't want to do this one here? Why would you not want to do that? Why would you not want what Jesus told his disciples to wait for? Why would you not want what Jesus like, I'm coming to do this for you. Why would you not want what John prophesied about? And he's saying, the one coming after me, he's going to baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. Like, he's, I, 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 what I'm doing right now, he's doing way more. He's like, you're going to want this. And so I, I'm praying right now that there would be people that would say, this is for me. This is what I desire. This is where I'm at. I desire this, and I desire more of the presence of God. I say yes to what the Lord has for me. In Acts 19, I won't read this, but Paul sensed a lack in the people there. They were believers. He says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they just said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. We, we repented, we got baptized. He's like, okay, okay. And then he lays hands on them and prays for them and they receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden they start to speak in tongues. They have this power that's available to them. And I'm asking you right now, where are you at? Have you had one? Are you in? If you're not in, can I say this? It'd be the greatest joy of our life to be able to bring you into the family of God. You say, I haven't had that. I haven't asked for forgiveness. We'd love to pray with you today. At the end of our service, we have prayer teams at all of our campuses. Where you at? You say, I'm in, but I haven't done water baptism. I'd love for you to be obedient. I'd love for you to make a public declaration. Or you say, I've got two of three. Don't stop there. Don't stop there. Say, God, I desire this. I desire more. I desire more of you. I desire all that you have. I want to flow in these gifts. I'm called to be a disciple. I'm called to build your church. I won't settle. I won't coast. I will move forward. I will enjoy this ride, but I will not coast. I will press forward in all that you have. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. He's saying, go for it. Go for it. There's things that we need to do in the power of the Spirit to get this job done. He is the plus for the purpose. So Lord, I pray right now that our church would be leaning in for more, leaning in for more, that we'd see many people brought into the family of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. We'd see hundreds more that are baptized in water, declaring to this world, I'm changed. And then we'd see people following up, not stopping there, but saying we desire the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever you have for us, Lord, we desire more. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.